special guest. I see a lot of uh, Asians back here and his wife. Good to see you all tonight. And we have some visitors back here too. We're so glad to have you all here tonight. God bless you. Amen. Sometimes God gives you a message and you're wondering, should I wait till Sunday or should I deliver it or what do I do? Because you got more people here on Sunday. But uh, what will happen is, uh, pray for me tonight, I really want to get this out. It's really, really very important. Very, very important. And I, I will ask that uh, people who are not here probably uh, get the tape and listen to it or go online and listen to it. And I'm just praying that God will give me the grace to deliver what I believe is given to me. Because it's very, very important. Very, very, very important. I'm going to be talking about fear tonight. Fear. So important. Father, I just ask that you minister through me tonight. And help me deliver the word that you put in my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. We need to understand, God does not respond to anything but faith. God will not respond to you crying. And many people have cried and pleaded and begged. And they wonder why God didn't do something. And they're wanting God to be sorry for them. He doesn't respond. He feels for you that he's the spirit. And he only responds to faith. God does not respond to anything. I tried it years ago, pleading with him when I was when demons were tormenting me, and uh, from my background, I cried out to God, "Please help me!" For a year, two years, still going through it, nothing, until I started understanding and started believing God. I found out God does not respond to. You crying or having a pity party, complaining, calling. He doesn't respond to any of those things. He only responds to faith. God is a faith God. That's the only thing he responds to. Now, the opposite of faith is fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. They are governed by the same principle. Faith and fear are governed by the same spiritual principle. They walk in the same way, but in opposite direction. Faith, the author of faith is God himself. The author of fear is Satan. God responds to faith. Always. When there is faith, he'll respond to it. Even if the guy is a terrible human being, but he responds to God in faith, God responds. You see that in the scripture. And when you have fear, you attract Satan. Satan responds. He is the author of fear. And he responds to fear. So what what you have faith for you will attract. What you have fear for, you will attract. You can't stop it. 
It's a spiritual law. It's as good as the law of gravity. You got it in you, it's coming to you. The same principle, but they walk in opposite direction. So we have to understand that. God is the author of faith, and Satan is the author of fear. And so he does things to you, creates situations in your life, causes trouble to happen in the natural, just to get you to fear. That's why when there is trouble and people come to Jesus for help, the first thing you hear from his mouth is, don't be afraid. You heard that? You read that? That's the first thing he tells them. Even before he does anything. The first, even, he knows he's going to do the miracle. He knows he's going to help you. But the first word from his mouth to you is, don't be afraid. Do not fear. And then he will ask, only believe. Is the opposite. If you fear, you're finished. If you entertain fear, it's over. But if you stay strong, believing God's word, and I'm coming to that, if you stay strong, believing God's word against what you see in the natural, the supernatural will take over, and you will have your deliverance. Because the supernatural always has dominion. Over the natural. And the supernatural has the ability and the power to change the natural to suit the supernatural. What the supernatural wants. So faith is higher than fear. But if you have fear, you will attract what you are afraid of. A lot of people have unusual fear. And they don't know where they got it from. You know, and they just fear this. And the fear is going to come to them. And they stay with that fear for so many years. For whatever reason, they're just afraid of whatever it is. Eventually, it comes to them. You receive what you're afraid of. It will always come to you. In Second Timothy chapter 1, verse uh, 6, I believe in 7, Paul says, Therefore, I remind you, to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So fear is a spirit. God has not given us this spirit of fear. So when you have fear, you have a spirit. Fear is a spirit. And faith is also a spirit. You can read that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. And we have in the same spirit of faith, just as it is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So we have the same spirit of faith. So faith is a spirit and fear is a spirit. 
These things are very spiritual. So once you entertain fear, you attract the devil. If you have faith, you attract God. Because fear, the author of fear is the devil. You got his property, he comes to you. You got God's property, faith, then God comes to you. You got Satan's property, fear, and you are calling out to God. He says, no, I don't recognize that. I can't come near that. You got fear. That's not my property. And so Satan comes to us with these kinds of fears. Our born again experience. Notice what it says. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of faith. Because faith, in faith, that spirit of faith is also the spirit of power. Doesn't say that, but that's what it is. That's but of love, of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That spirit of faith is the spirit of power. You can't do any miracle in God without faith. That's the spirit of power. It's contrary to the spirit of fear. It's the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. I'm coming to that. And if I can't get that tonight, I'll get that next week. But that love is love from faith in God. Not just love, but faith in God. I mean, love for God. That's what it is. And of a sound mind. Now, we need to understand this. Faith and fear come to us in the same avenue. By comprehending and spiritual things which is coming from the word of God or what you experience in the natural. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And fear comes by hearing the contradiction to the word of God. Whenever you hear a thing that contradicts God's word and you accept it, you will have fear. Fear is, uh, comes as a result of accepting and comprehending what you see in the natural, something, whatever that is, that's contrary to God's word. You know what the word says. But now there is another evidence. Okay? There is another word fast coming to you, and you have to weigh what you, where you want to stand. Okay? If you agree with what you're hearing in the natural that contradicts God's word, Guess where you end up? Fear. Constant fear. Because the devil will always remind you. You got this in your body and you feel that pain running over your chest. <laughs> you're having a heart attack. Man, you're going to die. You know what I'm talking about? Fear comes as a result of accepting a contradiction to the word of God. Let me give you the root of it. You know, Adam and Eve in the garden. You remember that story? What happened? God told them, don't eat from that tree. The day you eat from that tree, you will surely die. 
And Satan said, Eve told him, Satan, God said, don't even go near that stuff. And Satan's word to, to Eve was, you will not truly die. Right? That contradicts what God said. Right? It contradicts what God said and she bought into it. She ate the fruit and after that, when God showed up, guess what they said? We heard your voice walking in the garden and were afraid. That's the birth of fear. Because they received a word that contradicts what God has told them. And so fear came into their life. And many Christians are living like that. All of us, we're constantly, constantly being bombarded with situations that come into our lives almost every day. That contradict what God has promised us in His Word. And these things are so uncertain because we are humans, we tend to put God's Word aside and we fear and we have dread and we have terror. You know the meaning of fear? The synonyms for fear. Terror. So the enemy does things to terrorize you. <laughs> Horror. Anxiety. Dread. You're frightened. That's what the enemy wants. Because once he gets you to fear, he's got you in the right place. He got, he's got you in the right corner. He's going to take you out. He's going to knock you out. That's what he wants. So he contradicts God's word. Both what you feel, what you see, through your five senses. But the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. But we go by everything we feel and everything we're hearing. That contradicts God's word. We have go by our own wisdom. We don't respect God's word anymore. And we say we want to be real with the real life. This is what's happening. If you think you're so right, Pastor Goodluck, how come brother so-and-so is going through this? Because brother so-and-so also felt about this other person that felt the same about the other person and accepted a lie, contradicting what God said. So they're all going in the same direction. But somebody has to stand and believe God. Amen? And refuse to be afraid. Let me give you a little thing when we talk about the love here. Perfect love casts out all fear. And read that scripture, we're coming to that. When you are in God and there's perfect love, you don't have any reason for fear. And that's Satan's weapon. His first thing, line of attack, is to get you to fear. They give you the word, maybe it's coming from a doctor. And then you can't sleep. You are in dread. He's got you. You're waiting for the test to, <laughs> to save you, hopefully. Not God. It's just not where we are. Okay. Let's be real, okay? <laughs> Let's be real. The doctor has told you, and you don't, <laughs> no matter what, even if Jesus appears, you're telling him, Lord, if you can do anything, right? <laughs> Please help me. Yeah. It's just the way we are. But God says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. 
you're not like everybody else. You are born out of faith. You are a faith child. And God expects you to live in faith. But Christians don't want to. They want to use their own understanding. And what they see in the natural. And all the lies that the enemy is telling them. That they are not going to make, make it. That God has forgotten you. God has forsaken you. He's answering everybody's prayer, but not yours. You happen to be so different. He hates you. And we buy into all of that. He says, if you are pastor, good luck. He might have mercy on you, but you're not. Not kidding. <laughs> you see, because pastor, good luck, he's a preacher. He's doing, so where did you read in the scriptures that God favors preachers more? They got more trouble. Not kidding. <laughs> They really. That's the truth. The enemy wants us to be afraid. A little pain, running, you know, pain in the chest for a man. He thinks, oh my God, this is the big one. <laughs> it's coming. Okay? Until the doctor says, oh, there's nothing. Maybe you're... They just ate the bad food or something. So thank you, God. But you didn't thank God before you saw the doctor. I mean. <laughs> okay. We accept the contradiction because we have not accepted the word of God or we don't know what God is saying. That's the reason. When you have really imbibed what God has said inside and you really believe it, when you hear something contradictory, something rises inside of you, you're angry. And God loves that. You turn around and say, no, that cannot be. That's what God wants. But when you start trying to compromise and find out exactly what you are already in dread, he's not there. He's not there. Because we don't accept what God says, and that's because of what's happening. When you don't know what God has spoken, and you haven't spent enough time in the world, and decided in your heart, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if he sins, whatever. I'm going to stay with what God says. I've talked to a lot of Christians about killing. In those days, it used to be so frustrating. Some of the people that I truly respect, and they'll take you on. It's like a fight. If you're so right, why is this happening? And sometimes they point it to you, maybe something they've seen in your life, to prove their point that you're not, <laughs> you're not there yourself. Well, I'm trying to get there. And they're pushing you the other way. And I rebel. That's good rebellion. Amen? Rebel against it. When you rebel like that, God sees it. You know, one lie that the enemy tells believers. Have you sung this song, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away? That's a lie. That's a lie. But most Christians don't, don't realize that. And we sing it so often, we've accepted it. And that's where Satan wants you to be, so you can accept 
a lie because you don't know what God said. Not everything that you read in the scriptures is endorsed by God. It's just a record for you to read. doesn't mean God endorses it. Judas went out and uh, you know, hung himself. That's written in the scriptures. That doesn't mean you should go do the same. Because you did something bad. It's just written for record. Job said those words. I believe in Job chapter 1 verse 20. Job said it. The thing, he said, uh, what, what's Job 1.20? I need to read that scripture. Slip my mind there. But Job says, the Lord gives, gave, and the Lord is taken away. Okay? Is it 1.20? <coughs> it says the Lord gave and the Lord t- took away. But God does not give and then take away. And many Christians think that and they believe that this is what God is doing. You need to know what the scripture says. Job said that because things happened to him and he was distraught. He was trying to figure out what had happened to him. He wasn't there when Satan spoke to God. He didn't, verse 21, he didn't, he wasn't there. And people forget that he was just a man like the rest of us. And he was trying to figure out what was, what happened to me. And for consolation, he says, okay, God gave and God took it. But the man was confused. And later God confronted Job and said, who is this man, uh, who is this? Who darkens counsel with words without wisdom. You don't understand what you're saying, Job. You got all these things you're saying. They were dark words. You got no wisdom. And Job repented for what he said. We don't see that. He said the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And so you allow things that God has spoken expressly in his word that that's not for you. And you reject his blessing. The New Testament is clear about the gifts and callings of God. Romans 11 verse 29 makes it clear. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. When God gives you a gift, He doesn't take it back. Your children are a gift from the Lord, right? He doesn't take it back. This is the scripture. Irrevocable means He cannot be retracted. It cannot be undone. The gifts and callings of God, when God calls a man, he doesn't change his mind. That's what he's saying. The gifts and calling of God, they are irrevocable. God never, you can change your mind as a man, but that's up to you. When God gives you a gift, and many times we've seen people healed in a service, and then the next thing, the Satan tempts them, and they accept their, their, their sickness back. And they are sick again. Uh, it's happened so many times. And they say, well, I guess God took back his healing. Who knows? The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Or they are irrevocable. God will not retract them. God will not repeal them. It cannot be undone. It's forever settled. 
When God gives you a gift, it stays with you. When God gives you tongues, you can talk in tongues till you die. Even on your deathbed, you can be speaking in tongues. A lot of Christians have a lot of mistakes, you know, misgivings about this thing. It's all by faith. I can speak in tongues anytime I want. Anytime I want it. It's a gift. It's my gift. It's your gift. It's a supernatural gift. I think in my mind, that's the thing that's helped me most as a Christian. It makes it so easy for me to accept God's word. Because I pray in tongues a lot. I don't apologize. I'm not going to argue with anybody. I do that a lot. And God can begin to download things into your spirit. And help you to understand and believe. When I'm struggling, I spend that time. And then after a while, because it says you, he who prays in tongues edifies himself. You are instructing yourself. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Holy Spirit teaches your spirit. And James, uh, Jude said, but you, beloved, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So as you pray in the spirit, you are instructing yourself and your faith is built supernaturally. Why? God wants you to have faith so you don't have fear. Because fear will attract the negative in your life. But faith will always attract what God has promised. So if you don't know God's word, you get your stuff from talk shows. And some Christian talk shows. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's when you want to turn your television off, even if it's a Christian show. And sometimes you feel like throwing something at it, Jim. Just kill, shoot that television. Because they're saying stupid things. That doesn't make, things that don't make sense. And somebody says to the saint, say, yeah, but that uh, singer sang this on, uh, on the radio. It must be real. They don't know the scriptures. Some of these singers that you see, musicians, <laughs> you need to re stay with them and see what they are like. They are not Christians, some of them. Just true. But they have words out there that Christians are singing and quoting. I don't need their words. I need this book. That's all I need. So the enemy wants to deceive you. He tells you that the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. God cannot give you anything and take it back. That's not God. You're playing games with me. You know, you give me, I get happy for a while. And then the next day, I look, he's taking it back. What's this? <laughs> Try that with your son. He hates you. I'm telling you. Try that with your teenage son. Buy him uh, uh, a real nice, beautiful car. And he's not offended you the next day. Take it away and say, I, I just took it back. You know, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. <laughs> He'll hurt you. A horrible father. My father is weird, he says. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. What you can do to your own children, how do you expect God to do that? Another lie you hear among Christians is God is, is uh, teaching me a lesson through this 
pain or sickness. And have you heard that? And a lot of Christians believe that. Why would God need pain and sickness to teach somebody a lesson? Does that make sense in the natural? How call CPS in a person if you're going to put HIV in your child just to teach them a lesson? That's stupid. But that's what you hear from Christians. That God allowed this, and I've learned a lot of lessons since this trouble came to me. And they tell you, you listen to those talk shows, they're telling you stuff that sometimes God does this, and, and He makes us suffer and all of that. Yes, suffer persecution. Yes, persecution, He promised that. He said, you give this and this for my kingdom. I'll do this and this a hundredfold plus persecution. Persecution, I can understand that. But my child being taken away from me when he's 13, that's not God. That's not God. And I don't even entertain that kind of stuff. Right? It's not just, for me, it's never going to happen. I don't care how crazily they drive. I'm not advocating that they go do something wrong. But God's going to keep them according to his promise. He's be unto you according to your faith. This is the way it is. You see, when you don't know God's word, then you begin to receive these things. God doesn't correct his children through anything but his word. Second Timothy. Chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. They are profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. The word is what God uses to correct his children. Not sickness. Not pain. It's his word. Correction. An instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be complete. God wants you complete. Equipped for every good work. That's why he corrects us. But never with sickness. Never with pain. Never with trouble. They will come naturally. But he has made provision in his word to protect us from those things. By his stripes, we were healed. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, what? He delivers them from all of them. All of them. All of them. We have to recognize those things and stay with God's word and don't believe a lie. When what they are saying contradicts what God says, it's safer and it's really safe to stay on God's side. Because if you don't, you will bring in fear into your life and the fear will destroy you. That's Satan's first line of attack. And that's why I believe Jesus kept saying, don't be afraid. Only believe. All things are possible. To them that believe. Don't be afraid. Only all I'm asking. That's all God is saying. Don't fear. All I'm asking from you. Just believe. No matter what the problem is. 
all things are possible. Just stay believing. Doesn't matter what the doctors have said. Doesn't matter how long the situation has been there in your life. God is above all of them. And he can take care of you. God can change your life in one year. One year. They may, know you, they may have known you from, from previous year. Just one year they meet you. Well, what happened here? Tell them it's the Lord. And they won't argue with that. They cannot argue with that. They know. But we don't realize how awesome and great this God that we are serving is. That's why the Bible says you limit the Holy One of Israel with our unbelief and fear. And Job said, I believe in, in uh, Job chapter 3, let me say it again, verse 25, he says, the things that I greatly feared has come upon me. And what I dreaded has happened to me. Why? Because what you fear will come to you. What you fear, you attract. You ne- it's a wrong thing to live in fear. Trust in God. You know, I've said here before, uh, if I get in a plane, there is no way that plane is going to crash. Okay? If I'm in that plane, uh, if you are in the same plane, just relax because the plane is not going to crash. We get into where we're going, and if the plane wants to crash, uh, it can let me come out, and then it can go somewhere else and crash without me being there. Yes, I've said that before. But, you know, the enemy allows you to be afraid. I was sitting in a plane going to Nigeria (laughs) or wherever and all across the Atlantic Ocean. And I was sitting by the window and I looked down and some part of the plane was hanging and and flapping like that. And something said, this plane is going down. (laughs) And I looked, I spent a good while just staring at that thing as it flapped. Oh, yeah. You can laugh at me. You will be doing the same way. Okay? You'll be doing the same thing. That thing was not supposed to be flapping that way and going across the Atlantic Ocean. That was pretty frightening. But then I encouraged myself in the Lord. I am in the plane. And this plane is not going down. And once the plane touched down, I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can laugh at me, but you'll be doing the same. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Once you know the word, you can see, and then something rises from inside of you. And you tell yourself, I don't care if the angel falls off. We're getting down. Amen? We're getting down. No matter what happens. We have, the Bible says, he who comes to God must believe that he is. In other words, know that God is alive. There is a God. He can take care of you. No matter how bad the situation is, don't give up out of fear. Stay strong. Wait on the Lord. He says those that wait on him will never be ashamed. Never. And you can read 
In Isaiah 49, I believe verse 23 is very clear there. God says, I'll do this thing so that they know that those who wait on him will never be ashamed. In other words, he will not disappoint you. He won't disappoint you if you wait. But if you wait out of fear and dread, you've lost him. He's not there. Fear is the oppressor. And the oppressor is the one who takes away the power, your power to fulfill your destiny. He takes the power away from you. When you are being oppressed, you got no power. You can't do anything because your oppressor will prevent you from getting whatever you that do you. That's being oppressed. Fear is the oppressor. Once there is fear, you are already oppressed. If you have fear, you are already being oppressed. Oppression follows after fear. Wherever there is fear, oppression goes. They go together. But the Bible tells us in, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So an op- oppression is of the devil. And the messenger of oppression <laughs> to convince you so that he'll come in is called fear. And fear is what brings oppression into your life. We're about time, but I'm going to stop here today. In Isaiah chapter 4, or 54, verse 14 through 17, it says, In righteousness you shall be established. I talked about righteousness, how powerful. God said, Because you have righteousness, and your righteousness is not of you, you gained your righteousness. In Christ. And because you have righteousness, God is going to establish you. Nothing is going to stop that from happening. And I believe that God is going to establish the Ark Fellowship. This is a year of fruitfulness. I'm already seeing for every member of the Ark Fellowship. God is going to bless the people of the Ark Fellowship. Not just financially, but in every way. God is going to bless us. Because we are righteous, we accept the Lord Jesus. He is our Savior. He is our righteousness. And God says, when you have righteousness, you are going to be established. God will establish you. It says, in righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. How would you be far from oppression? Because you don't have any fear. When you are afraid, you get oppressed. You will be far from oppression. That oppression can never come near you if you don't have any fear. No one can oppress you as long as God is seated on the throne. 
They will try to, and the Bible, this scripture actually says they will, they will try to, but they won't come near you. It, it will never be successful if you don't let us into it. Sometimes our fears come from the past, the things that have happened to us in the past, the, the experiences we had before we came to God, and we still put those things in our mind. That's why the Bible says, renew your mind. How do you do that? Through the Word of God. Stay with what the Word says. Reject your first truth. The things that you learned before. Unlearn them. And dismantle them with the Word of God. Stay with it until the Word is established in you and no one makes you to be afraid. You will be far from oppression because you will not fear. When you are established in righteousness and in love for God, you got no fear. You are established, no sickness, no disease, none of those things. We need to understand something, people. I know you find things happen to Christians. I don't know the future, but I want to stay with God's word. Amen? Because Jesus said, the sower went out to sow. Okay? Some fell. Good ground. And many different grounds. Some grounds will yield fruit. But it all, he also tells us, everyone that hears these words of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. It's the word of God. And your faith in the word of God. Because all of those things will come at you. Okay? But your house is already built on God's word. Nothing can take you. They will knock you down. They'll beat on the house. But when it's over, the house is still standing. But everyone that hears these words of mine, and allow the contradictions of the, against the world to become part of your life. You are like a man who is building his house on the sand. Just like he built on the other house founded on the rock, the rains will come. The floods will come. He will beat on that house. And if it's not built on the world, it's built on fear. Therefore, and Jesus said, great be the fall of us. It's all according to the word. No matter what's happening in your life today, no matter what you've heard today, encourage yourself in the word. That's all I'm asking for. I pray for you. I pray for our congregation. I want the best. Because when it's good for you, my job is done. Do I have things coming after my life as well? Yeah, a lot. But I trust in him. And I pray that God would do, you know, work with you also. But I want you to act on the word so that the world will see and know that God is. And there's nothing impossible with God. Those who wait on the Lord will not be ashamed. In other words, they will not be disappointed. If it's not happening now, don't give up. And don't allow fear. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what your finance, the one who's taking care of your finances, 
what they say. I don't care what the bank account is. They stay with God. I remember another his telling his secretary when they were going bankrupt. He says, Miss, whatever he called the woman, there's thousands of thousands of thousands of dollars in that account. And she looked, she looked at him with exasperation. She said, oh, whatever you say, Mr. Hayes, whatever you say. And she thought she was crazy. But God reversed the situation. Amen? He sees the millionaire. Whereas the enemy was trying to get him down. All of his business is going down. And he said, Kenneth Hagin. How many of you know Kenneth Hagin? Kenneth Hagin told him in a, in, by word of prophecy. Didn't know anything was happening. He says, your problem, Mr. Hayes, is you have, you have not been laughing at the devil. He said, laugh at the devil? So he let all his employees leave. After they've gone, he locks everything and he's walking around and he's saying, Satan, ha, 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 ha. He was laughing at the devil. And he said, did you think I felt like laughing? He said, no, I felt like crying. <laughs> but he laughed because God said, you're not laughing. He obeyed the Lord. And God came through for him. He will come through for you as well. No matter what's going on in your life. I have this confidence that there is a God. I always remind myself, not scripture. I just sometimes it's so simple. I say, God, I know you are there. That's good enough for me. If you don't act, let me just die. It's okay. I know I'm coming to you anyway. But I know you came through me. And your word will never fall to the ground. Amen. He'll take care of you. Whoever you are here tonight, if you're hearing my voice, he'll take care of you. Stay with him. He's not God as we, you cannot be his enemy. He doesn't have any. You are always loved. No matter what you've done, he loves you. And will forgive and heal it and put those things behind you. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. It's better to tell the enemy, I, 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 I don't have any fear. When I, I, you know, I don't watch a lot of movies, but some movies I still stick in my head. And, and then because he's, he's such a good lesson. How many of you remember the movie Home Alone? <laughs> and the kid was alone and those people were terrorizing him. And then finally he says, I'm not afraid of you anymore. Remember that? I'm not afraid anymore. He was yelling out loud, right? And then something moved and he, <laughs> he ran and hid himself. But it's good for you to air it out, okay? Let the devil know Jesus is on my side. I'm not afraid anymore. Take that problem that is bugging you, that the enemy keeps coming back at you with, and tell the enemy, I believe God, and speak it out so you hear it. You hear yourself. And yell. I am not afraid anymore. Satan, you can't do anything to me. God is. If God is dead, then you got me. But I know he's not. Tell him. Literally, hear yourself say those words. You will find something rising inside of you. It's called faith. And you know what you're doing when you do that? You are drawing nearer to God. 
And God says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Amen. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight and thank him. Don't entertain despair. No matter what's going on, God is able. Sometimes God may take something away seemingly. But he knows as a father, he's just channeling you to the path where he wants you to be. He's taking nothing good from you. He's channeling you to that part, the very place where you can have bliss. That's all that's happening. Because all things work together for good to them that love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. He's his purpose. And his purpose for your life is good. It's a good time to shout and to rejoice in God. And that honors him. That really honors him. But when you cry and you have pity party, that fear that dishonors him, that means you don't trust him. You don't trust him. You don't want to go there. Father, I pray for your people, for my life and your people. We stand before our God tonight, before your throne. And we say, God, we trust you. We trust you. We may not understand what's going on in our own situations, but we trust you. And you're doing, you're working out the best for us. And Lord, we are rejoicing. Goodness and mercy, they are coming our way. They will be with us forever. Because you are God. And the word of God says the zeal of the Lord will perform it. It is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our sight. It is the Lord's doing. The Lord is doing something in your life right now. I declare in the name of Jesus, God is doing something awesome because he is the awesome God. And whatever he does is awesome. God is doing something awesome in your life right now. I can feel it. I ask you to receive it because the change is coming and the blessings of God are coming upon your life tonight. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, God's blessings are upon your life. The Red Sea is being divided right now. So that there is a dry ground for you to walk to the other side. In the name of Jesus, may his goodness rest upon you, your children, and everything that you hold dear to you. May God protect you and protect everything that belongs to you. Everything that's dear to you, protected by the power of the blood of Jesus. That goodness will surround you in Jesus. And may the Lord bless you tonight. May the Lord pour His goodness upon you tonight. May you experience His goodness. And those things that are confusing, they'll become clear in your life tonight. In the name of Jesus, the power of the Lord and His zeal will perform it in your life. So you know His goodness. So that when we come into the house of God, we can scream and shout and rejoice in His presence. And we can say, indeed, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thank you, God. You are a good God. You have not failed us. 
There's not one word that's filled of all the good promises that you promise according to your word. We give you praise tonight. Let your people leave your presence and courage. Let your people know that you have not forsaken them according to your word. Let your people experience you. Speak to them in their dreams. Speak to them in their vision. Speak to them. Let them know that you will never disappoint them. Thank you, Father, for your great love. Rejoice tonight, God's people, because the Lord your God is with you. The Lord your God in the midst of you is mighty. The mighty God is with you. You are his people. You are his inheritance. No man can touch you. You are the apple of God's eyes. You are precious to him. I don't care what you think about yourself. I don't care what anyone has spoken to you about you. You are special before God. And if you you accept that, the miracles of God will begin to take place in your life. You are dearly loved by God. And all because of Jesus. Not because of me, but because, not because of you. All because of Jesus, what he has done. And God approves of it. God is not angry anymore. He smiles down at you. No matter what's going on, he's smiling at you. You are truly loved. Truly, truly loved. Truly loved of God. Let God's love be perfected in your life. So that fear will no longer be a part of your life. No matter what the enemy is doing. Amen. May God give you the desires of your heart. Amen. We're dismissed.